to Planet NOLA. This is the first episode of the podcast about New Orleans people that are just doing cool stuff that I feel like talking to. My name is Mary Jacobs. I'm a local comedian, performer, small business owner, general mischief maker. And next to me is Will Terry, also a mischief maker, Grammy award winning musician, local small business owner, clothes designer up and coming. Also, my next door neighbor of many, many years. Will, what year did you move in? Um, 2000. 2000. 2000. Yeah, where did you come from? I actually don't I know where you... House. I, bought, I bought my house in 2000. And, uh, I was born in, in Georgia. Okay. And then my family moved us up north to in the Milwaukee area. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then... Uh, so you came here from Milwaukee? Yeah. Did you come here to be a musician? Was that like no, your... I came here to go to... I had a, a scholarship at Xavier. A full, full ride at Xavier. And, uh, what were you doing there? I was... Uh, it was a music scholarship. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And then um, I went there for like only a semester. I didn't really like it. So I, went, I found <laughs> out... Well, I found out about UNO. Mm-hmm. And at the time, Ellis Marsalis was, had just started heading that program. Whoa. For the jazz studies, it was a jazz studies program, right? That was created, like the first, you know, in in the in the city of its kind, and uh, and so you that's where all the hip, yeah, that's where all the people that I wanted to do or what I wanted to do were there, you know. Xavier is about, um, it it was cool, but it's about like it's choral music, choral music, yeah, like, like singing, you know, yeah, singing, uh, the old. Uh, like, uh, you familiar with Paul Robeson? No. Okay, uh, opera, uh, I don't know, if you ever heard of the Fisk Singers? Fisk no, Jr. but I believe you. I okay, believe you yeah. that it was choral-based. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was more, it was that, and I was not, you know, I was trying to be, I wanted to be this cool, hip jazz musician, you know. Right, so you transferred? I was hanging out, yeah, so I transferred and, you know, which was the right thing, right place to be, right thing to do, so... Yeah, I went there, and then I actually graduated from there. Yeah. Yeah. And um, And then you, you were know. just off and away making music. Yeah. So growing up, I knew you as a musician. So right. as a, I'm not going to say how old I was in 2000, but I was a kid. I was a little kid. I so. remember, because you used to have Simbi. I did. My puppy. dog. My dog. Yeah, she was a puppy, and you yeah. used to walk to the corner. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, not to outwill, like, 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 dox him, but his house is really interesting. He's got... He's, he's really decorated his house in this really <laughs> extravagant way. Can I talk about it a little bit? Yeah, yeah, he has these like really crazy like wood cutouts on next to his windows that are like flames coming up. He's got like the Rasta looking like lion, the king lion image and its eyes light up red. Like he's got those like on his house. The roof is like checkerboard. Yeah, not anymore. Well, I, not I anymore, but it was. Yeah. So it was a really creative. That, <laughs> honestly, well, it's like pretty cool that you are somebody that like you are creative like in this way that is like so inspiring and authentic because you're like just you wanted your house to look weird and you were like I'm gonna make my house beautiful and artistic and different and people don't do stuff like that like why did you do it well here's the thing as when uh, it doesn't look weird to me yeah so I'm actually it's like home I'm like I'm I'll go outside and be like why are you looking at my why are you standing <laughs> looking at my house and I'm not you know that's what that's how you know like when you're dealing with artists and creative people like what they're doing is just like you think everybody's 
But why doesn't everybody's house look like this? That's why so you real. Think of this? That's you know? so real. It's so real. Like right. I've got eclectic style. It's not the most unusual style. Right. But when people come in and they're like, "Wow," I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's just stuff on the wall," you know, because it yeah. feels like home. Yeah, you just don't, you know. It feels like, like home. and it has been like that for so long now. It's not. I never even notice it. People come visit me and they're like, "What is up with that house on the corner?" And I'm like, "Well." <laughs> It's well, due for another. It's starting to. I got a. It's a repaint job for the spring. So I got a. It's a new design. I'm gonna come up with something. Really? Like, yeah. I'm thinking about uh, you know that artist Escher with the stuff. Oh that yeah, goes yeah. From, the like really surrealist. Yeah, kinda. something surreal. Something uh, you know, less uh, you know, maybe like two colors, three colors at the most. Ooh. You know? All right. I'm yeah, ready for something it. Something like uh, yeah. I still. I have to finish. I never finished the the pillars. Oh yeah, he was like wrapping the pillars. Yeah, that was gonna be. There were snakes. Oh yeah, yeah, you never, you never finished snakes. I got all this stuff I bought online that I was. I had. You should finish. I got a weather. I got a weather prep it though. Um, You know what I'm saying? It's gonna be a, particularly because that side of the house never sees the sun. Right. So it's always it's gonna always mold. Mold. Yeah, you know when you you'll notice you can tell which, you know I mean this house your this house here is wherever there's green or it's like oh I see what there. you're saying mold mold yeah mold. that's got what it, got the it. sun yeah, so you need doesn't to weather hit prep that. it right yeah. right right so the yeah. front of my house never sees the has never seen the sun <laughs> but the back of the house you know from that that's why that front when you the uh, this side is faded. The paint is Okay, faded. all right. We're going to weather prep yeah. it. We're going to weather yeah, prep yeah, it. So. Um, all right, so we got we to gotta talk. I feel like the people yeah. are going to be like, I said Gram. I said I dropped that he's a Grammy. And he's like, I don't tell him. I'm like, the Grammy's right there, Will. They're going to see the Grammy. Unless you're listening to the podcast, in which you should go watch the YouTube video so you can see that there is a real-life Grammy sitting right next to me. I have touched it. It is very exciting. Um, and you have to, like, tell us why you have a Grammy. Yeah, well, um. And how and yeah. whatever. Okay, um, I got that with Terrence Simeon. He's a, a Zydeco artist from uh, Lafayette. And I got the call to play with him after Katrina, uh, I believe. Uh, yeah, it was like Katrina was 2005. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he called me like 2006. And um, I actually was in Pennsylvania. I had went to, I was working. My friends invited me to work at their Western Wear store because <laughs> it was just nothing. Because Katrina, said, yeah, because Katrina, me, yeah, yeah. And I said, "Let me go." So, so you I were went. working at a Western Wear store? I didn't know that. Yeah, in uh, Carlisle, Pennsylvania, that they is had two so stores, random. one in Carlisle and one in Dillsburg, and I lived above the store. I love this being part of your story. I had yeah. no idea. Yeah. Did you sell a lot? Were you a good Western Wear? I was good. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't sell. I didn't sell. I didn't know anything about riding horses, so I didn't sell the saddles. But you sold the shirts. Yeah, and the I boots. sold all this. Yeah, I wore all the clothes. Really? And I, I people were, you know, they would buy them because they'd see them on. on. Yeah, I had a jacket. I remember I was sweeping the front porch of the store. It, it, one of the stores looked like an old Western saloon. Yeah. In the front. And. Somebody actually just, wow, where'd you get that jacket? <laughs> You're like, right you know, here. Yeah, right here. Right here. And you know, uh, it's funny. I used to sell, Will is a small business owner, which we'll get to. He, he sells Bayou Soap, makes Bayou Soap, proprietor, all the things. And there was a brief period where I was his sales girl. Yeah. And one of my big things when I was selling art down on Frenchman and selling for you was that, like, you had to dress like you were selling the thing. So, like, when yeah. I sold soap, I wore, like, really loose-fitting clothing. And I always, like, kind of, like... I leaned into my more like hippie style. Do you know what I mean? It's like something about like selling things to people. Like they want to see you 
it like it's it's more believable when you're wearing Western wear, selling yeah, Western wear, yeah. you know. Yeah, I really enjoyed. You know, I enjoyed. Uh, in fact, um, yeah, I mean, I still have those clothes. Um, I've gained a little weight since then. I can't really fit my pants, but I can fit <laughs> some of the shirts. But. Yeah, those shirts are so cool with all those like the like ribbing. I mean, the, um, yeah, the piping kind yeah, of. Yeah, piping and uh, yeah, they're um, you know very well made. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but I remember that. Okay, that's good to know that you said that because I remember we used to, you know, remember we used to sell the masks for Susan. Too. Oh yeah, I used to sell other like, masks for Susan. Yeah, you know, yeah, we yeah. Used to really sell them. Oh, I'm I'm a saleswoman. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that was cool. Okay, wait, we gotta get back to the Grammy. So you got okay. Zydeco. Oh yeah, it's a Zydeco yeah. Grammy. Yeah, um, it's a we. It's for the album Live Worldwide. We went, we recorded in. Uh, we kind of were just traveling around the world. We recorded in Mali, West Africa. We recorded in Australia. Uh, we did some uh, Fitz. There's a club called Fitzgerald's somewhere around Chicago. Uh, we recorded it a lot of it there, and uh, so you toured like all over the world on the album that won this Grammy is what I you're did, telling me. Yeah, we went I went to uh that was I got I got I tell you I got lucky. Uh that was my run with him where he happened to like it was more it was like traveling around the world just as much as it was jumping in a van and from going from Lafayette to That's LA or whatever. Yeah. Like we went to let me see with him I went to Paraguay. Uh I went to Brazil twice. With him, I went to um, uh, well, Mali, West Africa. I went to the Seychelles Islands mm -hmm. off the coast of Madagascar. Right. I went to Rodrigue. And then, uh, so you've just been over to the whole world because of this album, which is pretty epic. And then you yeah. won a Grammy for it. Yeah. I've been, I had been all traveling around the world though, since I was uh, 18, actually. Making uh, music or just yeah, generally? No, playing music. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, I used to play with the brass band. I used to play saxophone with the brass mm -hmm. bands. Um, like True Made Brass Band, you know, uh, this was a long time ago. Um, yeah, we would always, in the summer, it was always a European tour. Yeah. Uh, I remember one, like, let's see, one, man, this was like, I was in my early 20s, maybe 22 or 23, and I like, for that year, it was like, I went from, I did a cruise ship gig for about maybe six weeks, and then from there, I went to Taiwan mm -hmm. for a month. Yeah. And then that summer was came up. I did a whole European tour with the brass band. That's what's up. I mean, yeah. that's the way it's got to be. I mean, I feel like that's the romantic part of being a musician in so many ways is getting to see the world and playing it music all over the, and like sharing like a very specific sound with everyone. Oh, cool. Yeah. We've got a second little makeshift camera up. We love this. Yeah, we'll it take is. it. We'll take it. We'll take it. Um, if you're watching the YouTube video, this is our first ever time doing this. Our card filled. So we're switching to a webcam, which, hey, I'll take it all day long. All day long. Um, okay. So wait. It is. I'm lucky, though, because you still don't. The most. Like ninety percent of musicians don't tour don't, like that. Don't get anything. Yeah. Okay. Well, like, let's bust into that controversial topic we were talking Tough. about recently. Um, when I asked you to do this podcast, I was telling you, like, look, I just want to like talk to people that aren't getting talked to, like that live here and are specifically like culture bearers, people mm -hmm. that are doing things in New Orleans that like 
I mean, are notable, you know, like smarting, starting a small business here, in my opinion, you're a culture bearer. Like the fact that like you're creating a product based out of New Orleans, mm. branded very New Orleans, you're a one man show for the most part. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. I think that in a way, like not just making music, like that also makes you a culture bearer. The fact that you're constantly being creative here is like, yeah. it is such a big part of what this city has to offer creative people is like this like blank canvas of like just not even a blank canvas just like so much creativity at all times that's all we got now yeah and so so when we talked about this that's what i'm trying to get to when we talked about this on the phone one of the first things you broke into was like well music here isn't the same as it used to be and like as someone who used to play music here all the time you don't really anymore and you feel like it's totally changed and you said something really controversial and i don't know if i should even repeat it but will said if you move to New Orleans after Katrina, I would argue that you're not experiencing full New Orleans. No, you're not. And I was like, damn, Will, that's kind of harsh. I'm not at So all. What, did, what did you mean by that? Like, tell me. I mean, there's stuff that's like doesn't even exist. I mean, I guess that's, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean. Right. There of, was stuff of course, that, of course. Yeah, there was stuff that didn't exist when, you know, for me either. But I think I caught, you know, I was able to catch the last, the very last of the last of that. Um, just like the bar, like okay, in the tree may there was okay. This is a perfect example. There All was right. there was four corners of music, mm-hmm. the little bar rooms. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, the petroleum lounge, which is across. It was the uh, petroleum lounge, trombone shorties, mm-hmm. Joe's cozy corner, and then tree may music hall across the street. Yeah, and it was just like. I mean, you would go and you would just, uh, that's why I honed all my chops. You yeah. Know, that didn't involve school at UNO, but the, for, but to really get, you know, hone your chops. In the, get stage time. Yeah, and yeah, just yeah. like, you know, play with these veteran, uh, Smokey Johnson used to be at uh, the uh uh, Petroleum Lounge, he'd be playing at Joe's. Um, so wait, Johnson I'm... used to play with Fast Domino. Oh, okay. Play drums with Fast Domino. Oh, well, that, so I'm not familiar yeah. with this corner because I'm not like someone who Yeah, you up... wouldn't have been. Yeah, yeah I, I would have been fairly young. And yeah, you would Also, been... to this point, like, I'm not like entrenched in music, in New Orleans music. Like, it's right. not where I, as someone from here, it's just not a thing that I consumed a lot growing right, up, really. Right. Like, I consumed a lot of other things. But are any of those places still here? No, they're all gone. All of you know, that's them. where all the all the it's, it's in the sixth ward, right? So all the that's where all the brass bands, all the second line started. Um, yeah, it's all gone. Trombone Shorty's mama was the proprietor of Trombone Shorty's. It was the club right. called Trombone Shorty's. Right. And like you know, Donald Harrison's dad, Chief Donald Harrison, mm-hmm. would be in the club just yeah. sitting there having a beer. Yeah, there's something like you that's know. so. Uh, authentic about people just it's their place they're there as yeah. opposed to like these bars that are owned by someone who doesn't even live here who is just trying to make as much money as possible yeah, that has no just, vested interest in like what's actually happening as long as dollars are coming in the door yeah now that's that those if those those places now that's a, it's a coffee shop on uh where the petroleum lines was trombone shortage i don't know what that is i need to go drive around there and see with, with the, you but know, there's not there's not that like jazz kind of corner of like there's none of that stuff. It was it was a it was a barroom scene. Like and also, just, I think it wasn't a tourist scene. It wasn't. There, it was not for tourists. It yeah. was for New Orleans people who wanted to consume this music and right. new musicians who wanted to see other musicians or play or sit in or get time. You know, like right. and so it was, was it was about the music. Right, and then you know because there would be 
I mean, the taxis would come up with, would pull up with the tourists if they knew about it, you know, which yeah. would be just around like Jazz Fest. Yeah. You know, even like the club Donna's, I don't, you know, there was that club on, that was very popular called Donna's that was on Rampart. Um, surely, only, surely tourists found it. I guess what I'm trying to say is that yeah, they it, found was, it, but it was, was music that was being made for New Orleans by New Orleans to be mostly consumed by New Orleans. Yeah, that's it. That's what, it, yeah, it was, uh, and that's who was there because the tourists would just come you know, like I said, you they had they knew about it. You know, just like Vaughn's. Oh, I love Vaughn's. Yeah, Vaughn's still uh, there. I'm actually going to. They're having a Cindy and her and her husband had a fire, so they're doing a tribute. I need oh, to go like a fundraiser. Over. Yeah, it's a bunch of bands um, playing. Vaughn like, still one, has really good shows. Day. They're one of oh, the yeah. few that like yeah. really. It's not for people visiting. It's yeah, for the people that are already here. So I feel like what's happening in the bastardization where you're like, oh, it's not the same. Is that like. What's left is Frenchman Street yeah. and Bourbon Street. That's it. And Frenchman used to be pretty chill, and it's yeah. certainly not anymore. Yeah. And Bourbon Street has not been chill in a very long time. You know, like yeah, I don't think it. I it's, mean, it's, maybe it's, since it's, I think in the seventies it was. It's uh, like I I know you know I talked to musicians that are in their late sixties, early seventies who used to play Bourbon, and by the way, which they used to get paid pretty much the same. Uh, people get, get paid now. now? Yeah. From the in the you know in the seven in like yeah like seventies mid seventies, um, if you talk to you know they'd be they would be like in their late sixties right now, between sixty eight and like maybe seventy five or so. Dang. And, uh, yeah. So yeah, it never yeah. was just like you know I went I used Bourbon Street though to hone my chops as a bass player. Right. Because you're primarily a saxophone player. Well, I'm primarily like all actually bass was I pretty much. Exclusively switched to bass uh-huh. from 1998 to like 2019. Okay. Yeah, so that. Was, so you were a bass player. Like yeah, for, for yeah. a big chunk of it. Yeah, for a good. I mean, just like, but you know, I've been playing saxophone since I was 10. Yeah. And I started playing, and I learned to play the tuba when I was in, I was in the, the, the orchestra, the symphony band at UNO playing tuba. There's, you know, I'm a multi instrumentalist. It's kind of right. like you, you become that. Because you still have to have a certain discipline to learn that instrument. Right, of course, so, of course, of course. And then there's, you know, there's... But I think more are just, you know, they specialize in one yeah, in one thing. Like, if you play trump, But, you know, if you like if you play trumpet, you can play other brass because but you're you understand a trumpet the concept. Yeah, but you're a trumpet player. Right, right, like, right. But, like, you know, if you're going to play bass, then you'll have... Uh, some people just play upright bass. Right. Upright bass and electric bass are two totally different instruments. Yeah. You know, so... Upright like, bass looks a lot cooler. That's yeah. the biggest difference. Yeah. Well, we have to take a break for an ad. Do you mind? No. All right, we're going to be right back. This week's episode of Planet NOLA is brought to you by Vitality Community Fitness, a group training facility located in Metairie, Louisiana. Vitality prioritizes their members with accessible workouts for anybody, any gender, any size, any ability. I'm a little biased because I do co-own this business, and I got to say we've got one of the best communities around, really great coaches, really good vibes. So if you're interested in trying out our gym, go to our website, vitalitycommunityfitness.com, click the contact form, and you get three free classes in a week. So come check us out. And we're back. Thank you so much for that little ad break. I'm still here with Will Terry. We were just talking about the New Orleans music scene, how it's changed, how he's grown within it. Um, so if you could see one thing 
change right now in the scene? Like, if, if you think New Orleans could benefit from something for our music culture, what would it be? What would you do? Would you open a club? I think the musicians should actually... I see a lot of complaining on social media amongst musicians. It's the same complaint that's been going on for decades and decades. And it's just like, you know, you think the value that you're... Prov- like you, people think they should get paid just because. Right. You know, but that, that ain't really how it works. <laughs> how it works. Like, if you are... Musicians want to... You got to take control of ownership. You know, there should be... You want to complain about clubs not paying this or that, but, you know, there should be a co-op. Yeah. Of, you know, a club. Kind of like a union? Yeah. Well, like, no, well, they had a union here. It's very weak. Yeah. And it's just not a... It, doesn't it sounds work. like there needs to be some collective work so people can get the pay that they think they deserve. I was part of... There was a... I was in the musician's union here for a minute because there was some gigs um, that you... They wanted you to be in the union for. Right, but interesting. It's just not, but it's just not a. It's just a. It's there's more musicians than there are gigs. Yeah. So you can always just. Well, that was another thing you told me is that is like if you're working bourbon and Frenchman, you're so replaceable. It's like these club owners are like, totally you're replaced. not you're not pulling people in. Yeah. So re- listen, like either you guys need to play the things that get people in here, or the next schmo that walks in here, he's getting your spot. Yeah. And that is not conducive to good pay. It's not. Good, good, like anything like right. nothing no community is being built you're not really able to even make art under those right. restrictions you just have to produce what people want yeah. which sucks and that's not i imagine why people make music because yeah. they love it you know yeah and it's just uh you know it's just the thought of it's the thought of success that makes that musician you know just will go play for free. Yeah, you'll hang on. We, we, Just because you uh, you want to get your music out there. We see it a lot in, in performing for comedy and doing it pretty much. Oh, like, that's the same thing. It's the same vibe. It's same like, exact thing. It's the same yeah. vibe. It's like, well, I mean, it, there's so many people that want stage time. Yeah. And it's like, it really is like coming into your own ownership of being like, well, I know what I'm offering. Yeah. And I will find my people. And what I've done in my life is I've just made my own spaces and I've made my own things. You know, and mm-hmm. I'm like, listen, I know what I want. And I'm going to give it to myself or I'm going to find someone that values me for it. But it's like you said, the city is so saturated. Yeah. And it's not only that, it's just one type of thing that they're looking for. Yeah. It's kind of reduced down to this. And it's not. it doesn't feel like it's any more for locals. It just feels like tourist economy. Yeah. And I think that's why people are always like, it's Disney-fied, it's Disney-fied. Like, the music scene has become like, Frenchman's like Disney World, Bourbon's like Disney World. It's like, yeah, it's like musicians, it's in shifts. There was no, it wasn't shifts. Of like, you know, like if you play at the BMC, it's the 5 o'clock, 5 to 7 slot, 8 to 10 slot, then 10 to 2 slot. Yeah. You know, it just, it was like one, like when we used to play at the Dragons Den, it was our main, just one act. All night. All night. Yeah. Yeah, or Cafe Brazil. I've been to shows like that. Those shows still do happen. We're definitely not saying there's not beautiful moments of like authentic music and creativity here. I think that like this greater trend though is a thing. It's a totally a thing. It you walk in the French Quarter and you're just like, what's missing? You know? Something feels like it's missing. Yeah, but you know what I would like to do? What? <laughs> Which is uh a buy a car a shuttle bus mm-hmm. and 
shuttle musicians to these gigs in the French Quarter because uh-huh. you can't pay nowhere. You can't. Oh, you can't park. Yeah, you can't park. <laughs> and and the, your, your gig, you, what you're going to pay to park all day is half of your gig. Well, that's how it is for so, all the employees in the quarter. That's where I worked growing in high school. Oh, and like, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm still blown away what people pay. And even working on Frenchman, it wasn't as bad because you could find parking around that park. Yeah. Anyway, we, won't, we don't need to talk about parking. Um, let's talk about Bayou Soap. I feel like that was your kind of progression from being, you were still making music and yeah, you started Bayou Soap. That was a, yeah, that was a game changer yeah 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 so what yeah. happened when did you start buying soap i used to work for will i used to sell his soap we had a great team we made a great team yeah i still need you for some you know <laughs> i'm gonna call you in that but um no I, I did let me see okay so the progression of that was once again katrina yeah you know katrina was the big do-over right so you know i was out there just playing with you know on tour with terrence and then you know zach my brother. He, her brother Zach was heavy into those markets, for rep market, and, us. and then he would come back here to do work on the house. Y'all weren't here yet, mm-hmm. but he would come back around, and then I would talk to him, and just he was like, "Yeah, man, just you know, uh, you need to bring something out there." At the time, he was doing the the vintage cameras and the that? picture and the frames, picture frames, yeah, and the picture frames, and then uh, and then all those, all that was booming. All those, those little, that was the whole new, like, gig economy, yeah, for red market and just yeah. all these things popping up. And then so, um, you were like, I need to offer. something. Well, I said, yeah, I said, I need to come up with something, and um, I'm trying to see how this, you know, I, I start, yeah, I started kind of like being a self-taught herbalist medicine you know with mm-hmm. the, making the tinctures and mm-hmm. the, and all those concoct- concoctions and things like that and um you know i started experimenting with like i would go to the dollar store mm-hmm. and get like uh you know just like shampoo and stuff right and i would infuse those herbs in it like in a, <laughs> like in a crock pot uh-huh set it on low and uh Cause that's what you that's what you learn when you start studying herbal medicine. You're gonna learn about teas, making teas, decoction, yeah, yeah tinctures, yeah, 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 yeah. how to extract that stuff, right? You know, and uh, I started just kind of reading about like the more beauty or cosmetic oriented ones, and um, you just progressed into soap from there. Yeah, and because because what happened was I have a friend. She owned at the time. She had a a. a a, a natural hair salon, right. you know, for locks and things. And I was giving her my stuff just to use, just to see what she thought. And then one day she like placed the order, and I said, "Place an order for what?" <laughs> and she said, "The you people." Place an order for why I don't make anything? Yeah, she said the people love your stuff, and I said, "Oh, damn. I was like, oh shoot, okay, well." I said I had to read. I got to learn how to make this from scratch. You know, right. I can't be buying some yeah, dollar, so dollar tree and then bringing it over. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's how I got into soap making, you know, with the intention that um, I thought the liquid soap I made was going to, like, take off, you know, kind of right. like Dr. Bronner. But you you, you but, did the big, you call it the big block soap. Yeah. Big block, they're huge. But I, mean, I started. You see. Yeah, you know, a lot of people know. This. Yeah, just, you know, I mean, I've, I've been put on the map with this. You sell you know, at Whole Foods? Yeah, I mean, if you go to Whole Foods. Whole Foods and just 
the years of doing all the big festivals, you know, the blues fest. I used to sell for Will at the Frenchman Art Market. Remember when that was a thing? The Frenchman really big Art one? Market. That was awesome. I mean, I'd go out there and Will would run a special where if you bought four blocks, it was way cheaper. Yeah. And so I would just regularly sell out. And you have to be yeah. out there all night, if yeah. no matter what, because the way the market works, they don't want you to pick your booth up because it looks bad. So I would be sold out like two hours left of the market, just sitting there chilling. People would be so mad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I just had a stack of cash and selling soap all night and you would give me a bonus when I would sell out you'd be like you sell everything I give you another percentage and it was the I mean I was young and I was like just making money selling soap and then when I was done selling soap for you I sold for a few other people I still do that it's fun you still do the markets no well people we have that and then like you know like when I do like the big stuff and you know oh you mean you you cut people when they they sell out yeah you know it's It's awesome to sell and I would come with back stock too I would have extras to put out and I would still sell out regularly and you have like a fan base like people are addicted to this soap yeah which I had now this was this was just pretty much total accident you know no real intention just like kind of going with the flow, coming, the timing was right. And, Have we uh, said, it's Bayou Soap Company. I don't know if I've said the name of it, but I wanted to make sure yeah, I said it. Yeah. Bayou Soap, the timing was right. I mean, yeah, so, and I feel like it's, I mean, maybe because you're my neighbor, but it's the only local soap brand I know by yeah. heart, you know? Yeah. Well, there's a few, there's been a lot. I know now there's others. Up. Yeah, be, um, you know, I think. Uh, oh, that I, lady I that a, owns Sweet Vegan Soul Food used to make soap. Remember? Yeah, Chetuan, yeah. Chetuan, yeah. yeah. She used to make soap. Yeah. I remember that. They'd be like little cupcakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she found her, you know, her thing. I think she's, she's she actually gave me a, a couple of her molds. Recently. Oh. Yeah, so I think she, you know. Well, Sweet I mean, Vegan Soul found, Food yeah, is. She's, I'm glad, I'm so glad she's like the top, I I'm, I'm, I'm believe she's the top one. I mean, she's the best. You know, yeah. She's you know, I've been vegan best. for twelve years. It's the best. Yeah. It's the best in the whole city. Like yeah. nothing's better. Yeah. So she, um, she totally, hundred percent. She's a hustler too. Yeah. I want to get her on here. I feel like she'd be a good person to talk oh, to. Oh yeah, yeah. If you, yeah, if you can. Yeah, she yeah, always calls me the Nola vegans. Okay. She'll be All like, right. "How's the Nola vegans?" Because okay. I have the Instagram. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll uh, mention it to her. Yeah. Um, you know, when I go, I like, I like to, I like, I try to go on Mondays. You What's know. the special on Monday? Oh, uh, just the you know, red bean. I like red beans. Oh, they have red beans. Yeah. I don't eat. I like the from Philly there. pasta. I like the Philly pasta. I think that's Fridays. You ever have that? Yeah. Is no, that... I, that those I don't eat the, that. The the real rich creamy it's so stuff. So rich. Yeah. I don't, I I don't eat that it. there. But I go I go there for the um you know the cauliflower, and the, the yams are. I like the same. sweet the sweet heat of cauliflower is one of my favorites. I like the plain one. Oh, I don't know. I don't think I've ever had the plain one. Yeah. I like the sweet heat. But I like the uh, the yams are off the chain. The the mushroom. I love it all, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, this is making me and hungry. And the salad, the salad. Oh, they have a whole salad. Yeah, their salad yeah. bar is really salad good. Salad is really nice. Yeah. You know, I get that quite often. All right, let's move into um, your next persona, which is, this is your newest thing, is you're making clothes now. Yeah, designer. And you're yeah. taking classes. Where are you taking classes at? At NOLA DDM, Manufacture and Design. It's on. It's across from the Healing Center on St. Claude. And... um. And they're just always enrolling. Like, if someone's listening and like, I want to make clothes, they can just go sign up, right? Yeah, well, there's a session. You know, it's a, like the session uh, is, what is it? Uh, you don't just come in at any time. Like, right. The session you is sign like a up month. for a course. Yeah, for a course of. But they you know, have courses all the time, yeah, right? All, yeah, yeah, all the time. You know, and it's, it's a start to finish. Uh, you know, you make the pattern either from. Well, right now they're doing Mondays and Wednesdays. Let's see, Monday. Monday is draping, 
which is like you know you put the uh, you know skirts, what that is. Yeah, yeah, I know. yeah, 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 for that draping. over the form, over yeah. the pinning form to yeah. make the to get pattern. the shape, to yeah. get the shape. So, what's then, been the best part about learning how to make clothes? I get to do things like this. I'm changing, uh, like you know, I just I'm putting this these. Uh, I like mandarin, mandarin collar, mandarin collar. Yeah, with a zipper, you know. I like that because I, I can't put nothing over my head now because your hair. Yeah, because of my hair. So I had <laughs> I'm changing all my. Uh, I feel like tops to be this. You, if you're not if you're not watching, Will is a big and tall man. I mean, he's a big guy, and his hair is large. It's a large hair, yeah. so you need to make sure that you're custom building these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you don't want to mess the do up. It's like right. It's once like, it's up, it's you know. Once I do it up for the day, it's you know. I'm not. It's a whole thing. Yeah, it's a whole. Thing. So the best part is making clothes for yourself. Yeah, for myself, yeah, and and you know I haven't branched out into some brand to to sell or anything. Um, I'm still perfecting my technique, right? You know, just like uh, trial and error, not trial and error, but you know the you're kind learning, of, you're yeah, learning, you're, learning. you're yeah. still learning. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like you have to. There's you know you have to learn how to put a collar in correctly. You of know, course, you got to learn all that stuff is so hard and tedious, and the only yeah. way you get better at it is by doing it many many times many but times like we yeah. just said you are incredibly creative and like that is some people give up you know what i mean like even making soap it's like the most process, people actually give. yeah i'm, most I'm like the up. long i'm like the there's two of us that have been going to these classes for you know since they reopened since covid but uh -huh. most people they do that they do that session and they know they don't come back because they, it's hard yeah they thought that you know they were gonna be making this suit now so now I'm a designer and I can make all this stuff and no. yeah no clothes making is so hard yeah. but you're gonna be great at it uh, I'm yeah I eventually I mean it's gonna be like everything else to you it's gonna be like playing the bass <laughs> it's gonna be like making soap you're That's gonna have an enough. idea in your head and you're gonna yeah. be able to follow it through it's gonna be like hearing a song and knowing how to play it like right. visualizing a shirt and knowing how to make it like, yeah that's th what it is yeah, yeah. there'll yeah. always be challenges I mean even the things that I'm very good at like you know I still go up and blow it on stage regularly you know like it happens mm -hmm. but I'm still a good whatever comedian whatever I'm doing at the time I know that like I've got the skill set you know it's mm -hmm. like so I'm, you're very you're inspiring in that way. Do you give New Orleans any credit for who you are? Oh, 100 percent. Like like all of it, really, because you know all my adult life has been here. Mm -hmm. You know, um, so really all of it, every single from all of this, all of this, yeah, this, you know. Um, this is oh yeah, we, you want to show your clothes? Yeah. Yeah, this is about. what uh, as a designer. This Will's, is what Will's some showing of the some of his made. pieces, so it's definitely something this. you got to see. I made this kind of vest like a. This thing is so cool. It's yeah. got like those little uh, bamboo button type deals. What are those buttons called where you hook it in like that? They have a name. Frog closures. Frog closures. Yeah. Thank you. I should know that. So I made that in class, and then we, I took the corset making class. Oh my god, so. this is like the most Russian looking corset. Yeah. <laughs> it's got like Maybe fur so. trim and like a red zipper. Yeah, I had a. Um, or it could be like a post-apocalyptic sexy Santa Claus. It could be, yeah. <laughs> but I took the corset making class. Wow. You know, I made all this stuff from, you make all this from scratch. Like, it does, nothing exists until you make Until the, you construct everything. Yeah, you make and the pattern. And corsets are probably so friggin' hard to make. It's a lot of work. Corsets are yeah. so many little boning things. You got the boning in here. Yeah, this is actually, this is made off of six pieces that I created. Six, yeah. six and that's it. But it's like. Tedious. 20, yeah, it's tedious. You got to sew off. Look at the top stitching. Is it so satisfying when you finish? It is. Are you like so? Yeah. When you touch this, are you so satisfied? Yeah. Or do you criticize it? Well, both. But both. you know, I. 
but I'm satisfied because I did it. I just kind of learn, you know, look at it and keep it and be like, well, the next one. I mean, I, it is so impressive. I like that seems like the most stressful thing to make yeah. a corset. Yeah, if I um, you know, hopefully they'll do another corset class and I'm gonna make another one and it's gonna be a, you know, I'll try something different. Something like a new. Different, yeah, a different closure. I had to do this. The red zipper is everything. Just, you know, that's what makes it. I see? do like it. That's what makes yeah. it a sexy post-apocalyptic yeah. Santa Claus look is that's the red it. zipper. But the next one will be like, you know, I'll put the closure in the back. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what's up. You know, so. Well, hell yeah. Do you know. think that if, okay, do you think that you'd be able to do what you're doing here anywhere else? Do you think no, that like. No, I say that all you, the time. And you can't leave. You So you're, yeah. you feel like you're very much stuck here in a way. A lot of ways, you know, and it's and I'm I'll be thinking like to myself, you know, it's kind of time to leave, um, but you know, I think again, like, can I, like, can I do this to the level where I'm at in yeah. in in L.A., Chicago, New York? You would move to L.A. Well, I love I do love California. I love the well, weather. I love California. Yeah, too. I would I would uh you know like San San Diego. San okay, Diego. that makes sense. To San me. Diego is my spot. That makes more sense to me. When you said L.A., yeah. I was like, really? Yeah. Santa LA. Cruz. Yeah. Santa Cruz, I could see that. Yeah, yeah kind of, I, I love California. I love the, you know, just that that weather is constant. Yeah, well, the idea of like moving somewhere and having to build community again for me, it's like, yeah, you could make this soap there, right. but how long until people know who you are, right. and how long to get to where you're at here in New Orleans with right. Bayou Soap, where it's like a household name, you right. know? Right. And it's like, God, that seems so daunting. I struggle with that too because it's like, the idea of starting, literally starting right. over, is so. How do people do that? Yeah. Also, my whole family's here, so yeah. it's really hard. I'm like, well, yeah. I want to see him grow up, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, just you know, I just kind of it's just, just trade. It's a trade, you know, for the, yeah. the bad infrastructure for your hustle. <laughs> creative, you know, it's a hustle. You can get your hustle to on. Uh, on, you know, it's like uh It's true. No, you you yeah. just said it correctly. Bad yeah, infrastructure, you really but you can hustle here, and that's exactly the, the truth. Like people come here and they're like, "Gosh, these roads," and I'm like, "Yeah, I guess I don't think about it anymore." I know, yeah. I know it's annoying when I'm driving around, but I'm like, "Eh, it's just part of it," you know. It's like I mean, you can off. just like you can start. You just start. You know, there's a joke amongst the vending vendors. You know, vending me like you know, mm-hmm. it's the city of. If you go to the city website, it's called City of No. if you tell you know if you ask they're gonna tell you no but you don't ask you just start you know you go ahead and you just start and then you know if it comes around to where you get busted or caught or whatever they're just gonna want to your you got to pay them out yeah Yeah, he's gonna pay them out pay a little fee or whatever have you you know and then you keep going you know so it's it's just uh but you can you can just you just start stuff you know You saw, you remember when uh, Frenchman used to have all the food vendors? Oh and things? yeah, like yeah. the trucks and stuff. But that was like they got run away. Oh, I because, remember. Well, you know the the Lucky Dog owner is a legislator. I oh, believe. interesting. Yeah, so he's competing. So everybody was in competition. Right. So he can easily, you know, it's just I don't know if that's still. If he, I'm sure he still is. It sounds very New Orleans, yeah, super yeah, entrenched yeah. that the guy who's vending food also has pull. And but like, remember Sucre used oh, to be yeah? on mm-hmm. Frenchman. 
you remember like that fat falafel truck we yeah. out there, which is now a thousand figs, which I do love. Yeah. But I loved that truck, man. When they would roll up when we were working out there, it would be like the best part of the night. Yeah, yeah. Because it was like exactly uh, what you want at like one a.m. You yeah. know, it was this like greasy falafel sandwich with that garlic aioli. Yeah. Wow, we talked about food a lot during, during this thing. More than <laughs> I thought we would. Okay, well, yeah. so we're gonna finish this up. All right. Okay. I have a last no, question. Keep going. I know it's fun. We had a good time. <laughs> we touched on all your personalities. I think all your stuff. Like I feel like yeah. we got a lot in. Yeah. Um. The ending question that I want to ask all of my guests is, now that we've had this conversation, you kind of got the vibe of like what it is I'm doing here. Who do you think I should ask to be on this podcast? Is there anybody that comes to mind? Hmm. Who's the first person you can think of? Don't overthink it. It's just somebody you think is cool, doing cool stuff that could be good to talk to. Wow. Um, this is your time to name drop. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Uh, um... I don't know. I, I mean, uh, okay, let me see. Uh, wow. It's a hard okay. question. Yeah, it's a, it is a hard question. Uh, it's not a trick question, though. You can't, no, really, no, you can't really get it wrong. Yeah. Um, I think I think Chetuan would be a good one. Yeah, yeah. Chetuan from yeah, if you could, Sweet yeah. Vegan Soul Food. Yeah, Sweet Vegan Soul Food. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Or, I know uh, I want her. Hopefully she sees this. All right, Chetuan will be my... Yes, yes. She'll Chetuan's be my, my recommendation from you. This is how I'm going to do it. I'm just going to keep asking people for suggestions, and like yeah. that's how we're going to find the people that are interesting in New Orleans. No, it won't be hard to do. The yeah. city is full of fun people that have stuff to say, so I'm really excited. Well, I actually would like to learn, because her whole background is in culinary, she was telling me. Yeah. But I'm gonna. I'm. I'm wondering when did the soap making come into? Well, she was making cupcake shaped soaps. Remember? I remember that. Yeah, I wondered was... like how did that? I wondered that how that come about. Like I didn't like for me it didn't. I I had never had made an intention to make soap look like food. Right, right, right. Well, what so you're... I'm wondering. I'm wondering where the, where that comes from. What you're gonna need to do is you're gonna have to write out a list of questions so that I can ask her when she comes on. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah. This has been Planet Nola, the first ever. Ooh first ever we've had some technical difficulties if you've bared with us through the end you are a real champion if you've liked this please please from the bottom of my heart tell somebody about it share it with someone this is a new endeavor and the only way people are going to find out about it is if folks talk about it and they share it with their friends um thank you so much will terry okay you're the best neighbor ever i'm glad that i asked you to come first I'm i knew where to find you if you told me no so yeah. <laughs> all right y'all have a good one glad bye first all right see ya Thank you.